Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. You know, the cat doesn't come with the house. We just have to figure out if it's going to always smell like cat. So I told the beekeeper, I said, you have to meet the conservationist. That's fine. I'm just going to make you paint it if you ever call me to sell it. So you do you. Look, there's so much room for the activities. So much room. She never responded. <gasps> no response? No response. Like, it's poker. I don't want them to know what I'm holding, okay? Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top-producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. It is episode 155. Okay. Poker face. Keeping your opinion to yourself. Managing your personal opinions. Perfect. Perfecto. Uh, before we dive deep into that, do you want to do, 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 flip report? flip report. So the AC was supposed to be done this week. The ceilings are open. Uh-huh. It's ready for new duct work. Okay. And the AC company was like, can we please move you to next week? I was like, why? And they were like, it's so hot and people's ACs are going are out everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yours is like an inside job only. We don't have to do anything outside and it's supposed to rain next week and it would just be really helpful. Okay. I said, fine. So fine. I just told my contractor, like, there's plenty of else to do. Right. So let's just get to working on it. Okay. So that's delayed. We think we have figured out the bathroom layout. Oh, really? So I think you're going to walk into the master and take a, it'll be like a quick left, like a little foyer Mm into the master. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that little wall Mm -hmm. will be a double door, little skinny double door Mm -hmm. leading to your bathroom. Okay. We're going to go with a tub shower combo. Okay. But you'll have a lot of space in this bathroom. Okay. Double vanity. Double vanity mm-hmm. where one – it's two closets now. Mm-hmm. One of the old closets where it is will be the double vanity. Okay. The other closet's fine. It's And you have plenty Great. of room for like dressers or whatever. So I think we have figured it out. Love it. So there's a buyer I have that uh, – um, I know. This again. I know. We literally just went through this. I know. And then you started making decisions thinking about that. I know. Don't, don't well, now me. I have this – this buyer, here's what made me really think about her. It's, first of all, exactly her criteria. Okay, fair. And she was like, hey, Alyssa, there's like not a lot on the market right now that I like, but there are some that just recently sold that are like, I would have bought in a heartbeat. <laughs> was I'm it Arden? Send- yes. <laughs> she sent it to you and mm-hmm. you're like, well. And she didn't know it was mine. You're like, I don't, you don't say. Right. How about that house one street over? Yeah. And so you told her? 
No. no. It's not far enough along. So I showed her houses yesterday and mm -hmm. we didn't like any of them. And it also only confirmed my decision that like this house is going to be just fine. Because if these people are asking this for what they were offering. Sure. But to be fair, you didn't make an offer on any of those. No. But one of them emailed me and was like, hey, girl, we just got an offer. Oh, okay. And I was like, what? Mm -mm. I was shocked. Like, how did that house get an offer? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Well, I would like it to be a little further along okay. more put at least have ceilings. Uh, please. Um, ceilings would be good. Yeah, that'd be great. Great, great, great. So that's where we are right now. Okay, but the yard's all mowed and is Celia baking yeah, new still, goods and coming over. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. There's still yard work to be done. Okay. But it is much, much better. better. Yeah, we still got to just remove a lot of overgrown bushes that have turned into trees. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Do you have an inkling of when it'll be done? Not yet. Okay. I feel like it's going really fast. Okay. But then that could stop at any moment. Like you could be delayed. Sure. For something. Did you have to do any like early? I know you didn't need you didn't need windows on this one. There's like five windows that weren't replaced. Uh -huh. But my contractor was like, I can just get those from Home Depot. Great. Like we don't need. To order away in advance. To a whole house of windows. So as far as construction goes, are there any things like appliances that you're having to order further out than like the first time? Mm -mm. Things are getting more normal. Mm -hmm. And this one, since they had done the kitchen, it has appliances. Mm. We are going to put in a refrigerator because it's like a smaller hole for a fridge. So okay. it needs a certain fridge. So we're just going to put it there. But my contractor oh, I like was like, that. I get that from Houston for you. Really? Like, Thank you. Perfect. <laughs> secret. 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 Secret, secret contractor we do not share the name of. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's it. That's it. Do, 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 do. We'll see. Okay, we'll see bye. <laughs> All right. Okay. So um, what, do you, what do we want to say about managing your your opinions well i feel like we've touched on this a few different ways before like we talked about making sure that we are the buffer yes in the transaction yes. where we're not oversharing about the sellers to the buyers or your clients to the agents but i mean i've even had situations where clients bought a house that i did not like Oh, yes. Many and, times. And it's important that you share your concerns about resale. Right. Like, look, I know this doesn't bother you, but right. for resale, it yeah. could. And you know what's interesting? There are some clients that chose anyway to buy it. Mm -hmm. Like you say your piece and that's all you can do. You let it be. And then once yeah. they've made their decision, you celebrate with them. Sure. Like, great. You're happy. I'm that's happy. All um. And then, like, they have called me, like, years later to list. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. And then it flies off the shelf to and some other like, person just fine. like them. Well, you know what? It's so funny you say that. I always do say this. If you wanted to buy it, it usually means there's at least one other person out there that has that same, you know, criteria, vibe, whatever, is willing to look past the same whatever it is. Yeah. Of course, that is definitely inventory dependent. Sure. In a high inventory market, maybe something you didn't bother you and you were okay with looking past is maybe a problem. But in mm -hmm. a low inventory market, it, it just doesn't matter. Right. They're like, we'll take it. It's fine. We can't get everything we want. Yeah. Who needs right? a closet anyway? <laughs> right. We'll just do it. I think the important part of managing your personal opinions or managing it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. Everything that I, we, I wrote down for notes and, and thought about, it's all about what did you choose to communicate? But like 
my opinion of the style of a house, most importantly, is not important. Right. Uh, like, I don't like stained cabinets. Sorry. Who cares? I don't. Yeah. But if my buyer does, great. This is a kitchen. It's a perfect layout. I just don't focus on things that I don't like. Yeah. But I don't, it, it doesn't matter to them. But tell me if you learned the hard way, because I did. Early on, when you go into a showing and you open the door and you're like, oh, this place is a dump, right? Or like this wallpaper is hideous or this carpet is awful or this, these, you know, stained cherry colored cabinets are like the worst thing I've ever seen. Then you say, oh, yikes, I don't know about these cabinets. And they're like, oh, I love them. And you're like, oh, yeah, me too. You're like, you're me right. too. Yeah, that's great. And then you just like foot in mouth. So I've just learned very early on to not really address the house at all until someone gives me an indication of how they feel. Right. You speak first and then I'll follow suit. Yeah. Like if they're so and if I can't read them, I'll be like, so what are you thinking? Like literally they have to they have to be the first one to tell me. Like I cannot be like, this is a great house or this is a terrible house. Mm -hmm. I have to at least hear what is their initial reaction. Yeah. If you don't know what their reaction is, you can affect it in the wrong direction. Definitely. Good or bad, right? Like you could influence their decision. Yeah. You have to hear what their first impression was. Mm -hmm. So I got some stats for you. Oh. On first impressions. Oh, good. Because I feel like that's the most important thing when you're doing showings, right? When you're working with the buyer, what is the first impression of a home? <laughs> but here are some first impression stats person to person. Okay. So let's just say you're meeting a per like you're meeting a buyer or seller for the first time. Are you ready? Do yeah. you know how many seconds it takes for people to have an impression of who you are? Three. Well, there's a lot of studies, but okay. this one particularly said seven. Okay. And that within seven seconds, people will make 11 decisions. So in that first seven seconds, people make 11 decisions about you. Oh. Or a house or whatever. It is the 7-Eleven rule. 7-Eleven rule. rule. Yeah. Neat. Okay. So it takes one-tenth of a second to start determining traits like trustworthiness. Literally like a blink of the eye, someone looks at you and they can start to think, hmm, you look trustworthy. I wonder what they base it off of. Like well, clothes or – I'm going to tell you. So it, it said like I guess it takes – 27 seconds to form maybe your full first impression okay mm -hmm. so you're going to start making decisions in the first tenth of a second in the first seven seconds you're going to basically make 11 decisions <laughs> but it takes 27 seconds to make a first impression here's what is important if you smile if you are polite if you are well spoken if you make eye contact you're a good listener you smell nice. Oh. And hold conversation well. People are getting close to you. Well, I guess probably you, as long as you smell neutral and you don't smell bad. Right. Is, is all you need. No smell, at you, least. You don't need to smell like bad mm, smell. Delicious. But, right. But like, don't smell bad. Uh, what I thought was so interesting about that, most of this is like, how do you talk? Mm -hmm. Polite, well-spoken, good listener, and holds conversation well. It's like, what do you choose to say? Yeah. So I just thought that was... All very riveting. Um, also, 83% of people report they tend to feel more positive about someone who seems to be confident. 
Yeah, that would make sense. I would want my agent to be confident. Totally makes sense. Okay, so now you've met your buyer and you've gone in the house. And now we're going to go back to managing our opinions. Because, mm-hmm. But look, also keep in mind, just like your client is making an impression of you, you're making one of them. But maybe you need to check yourself. And make sure it's accurate. Make sure it's accurate. Right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. What do you do in a showing? Like, do you have any... I guess, typical practices or like how do you manage your personal opinions? I do try to keep it very fact-based okay, and avoid saying things like I feel or I think, but rather saying I have seen where a bedroom not having a closet is an issue for okay. some people. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, just trying to say like keep it very factual. Yeah. Yesterday I showed a house and normally you hear like it smells like dog, but it smells like cat. Mm. Like that's what it was. It was cat. And Mm-mm. we opened the door and we both looked at each other and she said, it smells like cat. I said, I know it does. I said, but you know, the cat doesn't come with the house. We just have to figure out if it's going to always smell like cat. Can I tell you a story? Yeah. About cat, a house that smells like a cat. I have a cousin who is in a different state and she bought a house that every time they went there, there were all these candles lit. So they didn't know that the house smelled like cat. Mm. Well, when all the candles were gone and the cat was gone, the house really smelled like cat. Ugh. So they tried to start, like, how do we get this cat smell out of this house? Eventually, it turned out they had to remove, like, two feet of drywall <gasps> in the entire house. What? Because the cat had sprayed every wall. Oh, no. Every wall. That's awful. There was, like, so that was an expensive, like, you know what I mean? So sometimes you just, you don't know what you're getting into. I know. But the cat does leave, typically. Sure. And takes its smell with it. Yeah. Um, I have a client one time that said, every pot has its lid. (laughs) (laughs) What? So... Sure. Every house has an owner. Okay, fair. It's funny because I just sold a cluster of homes in the a same cluster? area. To the same people? They were all basically the same. And I was working with them all at one time. Okay. And I was like, y'all should all get together and be friends. Clearly. Because y'all are all. Same so criteria? it was in the garden district. Okay. Older cottages. Uh-huh. The houses were adorable, but I... Fully made it known how much work you have ahead of you. Yeah. What it's like living in a raised pier and beam home in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Moisture problems under homes. Mm -hmm. And they just loved it. We're fine with this. Great. As long as you know and you're not going to be mad at me that Mm -hmm. you have a project home. Mm -hmm. They didn't care. Okay. And I love the homes. I mean. They're cute. I would not want to live in it, but they did and they loved it. But it was just funny because one of my clients is like a – nature conserve conservation conservationist okay and is always like out in the woods and she paints pictures of birds and does all these things and then my other clients were beekeepers oh great well she can come over and paint exactly yes and then the other ones were landscape architects and like couldn't wait to what plant like they didn't care about the house right they were just they were like look at this yard look at what we could do here we could plant these flowers this and that and i was kind of like yeah but this house like you gotta live in the house yeah the house the kitchen is needing some things they're like we're going to the yard they're like we don't care yeah we don't care but it was just interesting that 
all three of these people mm-hmm. all outdoorsy, excited about the landscaping more than the house. And they all ended up in the same block. Weird. It was so weird. One of them, they share a back fence. Oh, my word. They're both corners. Did you introduce them? Um, So I told the beekeeper, I said, mm-hmm. you have to meet the conservationist. And <gasps> I was like telling her about it. I was like, y'all are neighbors. And then she goes, wait, is her last name so-and-so? I said, Yes, and she said, our paths have crossed before on a project. And now they're, I said, well, she's your neighbor, so y'all just go be friends. That's amazing. But it was just so interesting because these people, like, they just love it. And I have a piece of that type of person in me, Mm -hmm. like, sort of like the hippie child that, like, loves, you know, bumblebees and Mm -hmm. flowers. I love it. So it was kind of fun because it brought out that side of me that I was like, it's been a long time since I sold a house here. Now I'm selling three at three. one time. It does that though. What it was you very fo- What you focus on grows. Yeah. So whatever you're working on. It was funny because a few houses down, there was like an old station wagon that they, it doesn't work. They had, it's been painted and graffitied and it's okay. like art, uh-huh. but it says, be happy. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So you're cute. like, it's meant to be. But every pot has its lid and every, I think it's important and it's our job to point out our concerns. Uh, right. And I think that is how you build trust with a client. Right. If I'm walking, I'm like, this is the best house ever. Mm-hmm. And it's clearly not. Or mm-hmm. maybe it is. You get further with that buyer if you say, well, you know, you might want to be mindful of this problem. Mm-hmm. Or look, here's a crack in the ceiling. We just want to check for foundation issues or all important. You got to point out. I think it's always helpful to point out at least one thing that would be of concern. Yes. Because they don't always see that. And it kind of helps put them at ease, too, in making their decision if it appears and you are, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of looking at it with a more discerning eye or a more professional eye, not like a emotionally swayed. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to live here. Mm -hmm. But I am going to tell you what you need to know in order to, like, not lose money or not make it be miserable while you're here. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like with your clients, you know, you're shielding them from your personal opinions about design choices of the house. Like I showed an adorable condo um, to someone and she was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is going to be my room. I'm going to paint it red and black. And I was like, oh gosh, but that was what she wanted. And I'm like, that's fine. I'm just going to make you paint it if you ever call me to sell it. Right. Look, so you, you, enjoy, you. you enjoy it however you want. Yeah, do it quickly. Don't wait till the end and then paint it and then decide oh to God. sell it because I'm going to make you paint it again. Right. We had an agent in my uh, last office who had been selling real estate for so many years. She so much so she had a daughter when early on in her career is, you know, young. And then the daughter grew up and then became the receptionist. Like, oh, neat. But she would tell the story of, she's like, oh, you know, my daughter made me so much money. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, I would just because, like, I had her with me. I couldn't always, like, get childcare. So she, when she was three years old, she came to a lot of showings. Yeah. And you never showed that girl a house that she didn't love. She would walk (gasps) in the door and she would say, this house is beautiful. Oh my gosh. She said that's hilarious. the buyers just ate it up. She was like, I didn't tell her to do She would just be like, this house is so cool. Oh my gosh. Every house was exciting and <laughs> awesome to her. And I just always remember that and thought, how funny, but it's true. Like, yeah. If you walk in and are like, what? This place how is cool. so great. What if you like walked into like a total dump Yeah. and it stung? And what if you walked in and were like, 
I love it. Uh, this is going to be great. I love the environment would be like, you're crazy. You know person. what you would say? So much room for the activities. <laughs> <laughs> this, look, there's so much room for the activities. So much room. But there's always something positive. So I think it's balancing, right? Like, you What wanna... is it? The compliment sandwich? That's right. How does it work? It is kind of, oh, I love all the space in here. There is kind of a smell, but look at these windows. Right, the How great. Sandwich. Yeah. That's perfect. Yes. Perfect. Compliment. Yeah, sandwich. you just got to remember that. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. <laughs> and after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have <laughs> copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I sure. never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send you wonderful. an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful okay enjoy what about this is important because i have this conversation now with my buyers outside of the house typically before we go you're under surveillance okay funny story <laughs> tell me about it. this is my listing okay. your listing my listing okay and I know my sellers have cameras on the inside. They perp the house is vacant and they just put them there so they could spy. Oh, geez. That's how they are. Okay. So somebody messaged me that I know and was like, I really want to see this house. I've been kind of looking. Okay. So I'm like, you okay. showed it? So yeah, I was showing my own listing. I told them I'm going to show it. They're like, great. It's fine. So I'm waiting in my car. <laughs> the buyer gets out the car and I go to her. And we're kind of standing like on the porch and I'm like, Hey, before we go in, I just wanted to let you know my sellers have certain cameras, audio, they can hear. You know, there's a few things. The house has been on the market a they few weeks. They can hear you on the front porch. Alyssa Jenkins. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Were they mad? I didn't say anything wrong. It was all true. It was all true. But I was very candid in how I said it. Like, we have gotten some feedback that people don't like the flooring. My sellers would be willing to negotiate price because of that. Like, I was just letting her know the feedback we've gotten. Okay. Because she had asked me when we scheduled it, like, why has it been on the market so long? Mm -hmm. Which it hasn't been. It just seems like it because in this market, everything goes so fast. Okay. So I was just telling her the things I wouldn't have said inside the house. And they heard you anyway. And then I turned around to go in the house. And saw the ring. And saw there's a camera right there staring at me, blinking. Did you smile and wave? Yes. Were they, they mad? No. They Did they mention it? 
Um, they ne- they didn't like call me out, but they they I I know they heard me, which is fine. I didn't say anything bad about them or the house. I just was letting the buyer know like this is what our feedback has been. What will you change about this in the future? This was a hard one because like they had. They had it inside, outside. Like, when can you ever speak freely? Way out at the end of the driveway? I don't know. I know. Like, come, come, let's go to the neighbor's yard and talk. Right. I don't know. But again, I was just, and you know what? Because I set the expectations, she like loved the house. Right. Right. And may very well buy it. We shall see. Okay. Well, (laughs) I know. Sometimes I forget to tell them pre front porch right right and then i'm like i'll see the ring or i won't see it i'll be like oh okay i'll be like so yeah hey you can't say things and that like i'm whispering and i'm like right. i'm like come over here listening, the and, and sometimes this is what i this is how i always phrase it to my buyers because it's true it's not that we don't want them to know how we feel but we kind of don't like we don't want them to know that you love it because that doesn't help you with negotiation. In mm-hmm. a regular market, y'all, don't mm-hmm. be giving me all this low inventory, crazy market nonsense. In a regular market, I do not want the seller to know that my clients love the house. Mm-hmm. It's the best house in the whole world. I want them to know that my buyers like the house. Like, it's poker. What? I don't want them to know what I'm holding, okay? I don't. I also don't want to hurt a seller's feelings by saying, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, and then of course, the buyer decides, well, I can't find anything else. I'm going to make an offer on this one. But now the seller has heard you kind of like beating up on their house. Like you're not committed. How committed are you? Right. Well, it didn't sound like you liked it, right? So if it's like you didn't sound like you liked it, maybe I don't want, maybe if I have multiple, especially if they're multiple offers. So I just had multiple offers on a listing. Okay. And we were asking 329. Okay. We got an offer of three twenty nine, mm-hmm. and then I let all the other showings. No, that's not right. We got an offer. Okay, everybody knew that there was a lot of activity. Okay, we got an offer of. Well, before she sent the offer, she sent feedback that said they were very interested, but that they were still considering a few other homes. And when it said your thoughts on the price, it said too high. Uh huh. And then in the feedback, she put. Liked it, still considering other homes. Okay. Then they made an offer of, we're at 329. They offered 319. Okay. But then they did an escalation clause of buyer will pay $1,000 over the highest offer received up to 336. So they're willing to go 7,000 over list, list, but they started at 319. So, okay. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. So then I let everybody know we have an offer. Mm-hmm. So this other offer comes in, 335. They acted very quickly. They saw the house, mm-hmm. left feedback, and put, loved it, submitted offer. Thank you. So it was just, it ended up just being the two offers. Mm-hmm. So I let offer number one know, like, hey, we have another offer. And she was like, okay, we figured that. So that's why we went in with the escalation clause. Mm-hmm. Like, that's our highest and best. Mm-hmm. So I let her know. I said, okay, thank you so much. We are going to go with the other offer. Now, 335, I could have gotten another 336. But my sellers were like, we feel like they just, they were said that they had other options, that they were looking. And why, if they loved it, why? So she said, Alyssa, could you please share with me why, like, was the other offer just much higher? 
I said, actually, I will be totally honest with you and let you know that the other offer was $1,000 below what you offered. But my sellers felt like your clients just weren't like super committed to the house because in your feedback, you mentioned that they were still considering other properties. And while you had an escalation clause, you still came in 10,000 under list price. Mm -hmm. The whole thing just made them feel that the other buyers were more committed. Right. She never responded. (gasps) No response? No response. But I felt like you, I felt like she needed to know. Well, right. That like you try to leave feedback to maybe play a little bit of hardball and maybe you maybe set the stage for negotiation. This is why we've talked about feedback and how we try not to send it if we're going to write an offer. Right. Like wait until you know for sure one way or the other. Yes. It's because the feedback doesn't matter. Because like if, if I know my, my feedback is an offer. Yes. If I like it, right? Yes. And if they don't like it, I'm going to leave you good feedback. Yeah. My seller was concerned about the carpet or the foundation or the windows or the house smelled like cat. I will let you know if we're not interested. But if you're going to make an offer, your feedback better not have anything negative in it. Right. It needs to be kind of vanilla. Mm -hmm. Okay. I had a situation years ago um, with multiple offers. I think five or six, in fact. You won. Oh, Seedland. Good news. You won. But one of the agents had left feedback before they sent their offer. And the feedback said, you know, something about a needed repair here or there. It was an old house, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the details of his offer, but they weren't bad. Like, it was in the running. But that feedback is what removed him from the running. Right. Because, well, you're you're worried about repair stuff. And I've got all these other people fighting over it. In the same situation... I had a listing. It was multiple offers. Two offers came in pretty much the same. And I'm trying to remember. And I debated whether or not to share it with my seller, what the agent told me. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, this is good for this one. Right. Because I was like, uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, basically, it was the craziest thing. Both offers were the same. Okay. Financing, s- conventional loans, great lenders, like. Money-wise, it was all very similar. Okay. But one agent said, I'm so sorry that they made me write in the refrigerator, washer, and dryer. Please don't let the fact that they asked for that be why we're not chosen because they don't need it. Um, So if you wanted to counter us removing it, if like the other people aren't asking for it, feel free both of my clients are attorneys and can be a bit difficult, <laughs> is exactly what she said. So I'm sitting there with my sellers. Did you tell them? And we're splitting. I'm watching them split hairs. You told them. You had and to I tell said, them. And I'm just like watching them and I go, I have to say something. This agent told me that her clients. This is a material detail. Were very difficult. And what did the and then they were like easy choice. Great. Thank you. Let's go with the other one. And it cost them the she, offer. But you know what the irony is? She thought the washer dryer fridge would cost them the offer. No, but the other people the, asked for that too. But it was the tiny little detail. It was her detail. Okay. Cause that was so in the she notes. Lost. So how much do you share? That's an important part of managing the whole process, really. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to tell the co-oping agent? Do you tell? Never tell them what your client does. No. If you have an engineer, especially, right. or a 
difficult attorney. Right. Never, never tell them what your client does. Yes. Never tell them. I mean, honestly, details about your client are not important. Have you ever been in a multiple offer situation where you're worried that your client may not be the most serious buyer? <gasps> oh, yes. And you're like almost worried to get chosen. You're like, I don't want to. Yeah. And but, then you're like. <sighs> but you got to do your best. Right. Like, to win. Yes. I know. That's a hard one. But the competitive part of me just wants to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would never do that knowingly. Like, knowing Like, I client. get so nervous when my buyers are like, but, but, but we still have the 10 days, right? I'm like, mm, I'm like, listen here. Not what that's for. And I tell them. I say, listen, it is there for you if you have got to get out. But a lot, like, a lot goes into canceling a purchase agreement. Mm-hmm. It hurts the sellers. Yeah. It hurts my reputation as an agent to send cancellations. I said, and I tell them, I say, I am not known for sending cancellations. Right, right. So we are not going into this lighthearted. Right. We're going into it with every intention of getting to the closing table. Yeah. So let's just make sure that we feel good about it before we make this offer. I showed a house recently that my clients loved. I thought it was okay. I thought it was very overpriced, but I think everything is overpriced right now. I was about to say, I'm getting that a lot from you lately. Yes. And so, but there were just things about it, Mm. but none of those things mattered because my client has a specific need for the backyard and this house had that and it's hard to find. So I thought, who cares that they put the cheapest laminate flooring throughout this expensive home? Okay. I didn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. There was a few other things that just I thought weren't good quality. Okay. I didn't like the house, okay? They <laughs> loved it. You, But you didn't say you didn't like I the didn't house. I didn't say anything. I just confirmed that, yes, it does meet that need right. that you have. Well, we lost. Oh. We lost the bidding war mm-hmm. to a cash buyer. Nothing we could have done. But when it was over, I said, listen, I think it's okay Right. There were some things that, and she was like, you should have told us that then. I said, no, because it wouldn't have mattered. Right. Like the cheaper flooring doesn't matter because that house still fit your need. Right. I'm just trying to make you feel better I'm about le- it now. Yeah, I'm trying to make you feel better about <laughs> it now. And maybe it would be something that would bother you. You would notice. Like, I do think that after they moved in, they would have been like, these floors, not good, you know? Right, right. Oh, uh, I said, but. Now, when we look walk through houses, like maybe there are certain things that you would notice more yeah. than just being blinded by the fact that this house fits your need. Right. So I think it, but I knew like it doesn't matter. Right. In that moment. They're right. very excited. It definitely was a great neighborhood that fits their needs. Right. So well, you're filtering through a lot of information based on what your client has told you. Mm-hmm. It had the need that, you know, you know how much is on the market. You know about price. Like you, like, there's just sometimes you're like, look, you're not going to get everything you want. So right. why why do I need to upset you about, you know, this, this poor choice of flooring? Yeah. When this is the house that you need and this is what's going to work. I had another transaction where the agent was a bit newer. Mm-hmm. And she had a very difficult seller. Mm-hmm. He had lived in the home for decades. This home was his personal, okay. like this was, he was an older gentleman and this was, you know, he was very set in his ways. He kind of wanted to micromanage, show, like she was having a hard time getting him out of the house for showings. Oh no. Because he wanted to like be there. Mm-hmm. 
And she, I thought she did a great job of letting me know what she was going through yeah. and why. Okay. Um, without being unprofessional. Right. Like she was like, listen, I'm only telling you this because he told me he's leaving for your showing. Okay. If for some reason he's there, please call me. So I'm thinking, okay. What's he going to do? And he wasn't there. And I didn't say anything to my clients about it. Yeah. Well, we ended up buying it, my my clients. And so he did not want to leave for the home inspection. Right. He wanted to be present. Mm -hmm. He was being very difficult. He was like not providing keys for oh, things yes. that uh-huh. we needed keys for for the inspection because he couldn't be there. He was just very – but the agent was very like, I'm so sorry. This is just what's going on. Guess who never knew about any of this? Your client. My client. They don't need to know. And so there were some other things that happened that I'd never told my clients. But in my brain, I'm like, this seller is just a piece of work. Right. But they didn't need to know that. They didn't need to know that. They needed to just be excited about the house and right. not have a negative vibe. Like, right. So negative. you had an opinion of the seller. I did. But they had no clue what it was. None. Nobody needed to know. The other agent didn't need to know. Your client, your buyer didn't need to know. You just kind of hold it all in. I held it. And they stayed nothing but excited. Right. About the house. Right. Um, they they never once thought anything. Well, we get to the closing table and he's like the nicest man. Mm-hmm. And I thought, good thing we did. Because I have been in situations where, you know, things did get discovered through whatever reason and and you build in your head this idea or this story of what the person that you're working with is like. Yeah. And then you meet at the closing table and you're like, oh, that was fine. Right. Totally fine. Well, uh, a lot of people are difficult until you get them face to face. That is the truth. That has happened to me many times where it is the most horrible transaction. The seller is difficult. The buyer, somebody's difficult. Mm-hmm. And then at the closing table, everyone is just so sweet. Mm -hmm. But I also have had the seller show up and still be just as difficult at the closing table. Even when I have challenging clients, I haven't been in a situation recently where I've had to like apologize for my client. Like your client. Yes. Like I haven't really had a buyer submit an outrageous repair request or had anyone argue with me. Like, I've been very fortunate lately. I've had some really great clients. Yes, that, but maybe your client management is also Yeah, I think it's really sharp. At a high level. At this time. Yeah, for sure. Like, I'm writing the repair request. I'm doing all the things. So it's helping. Mm-hmm. And they're and I'm explaining it. And I'm giving them opportunity to make corrections. or yeah. at the, But they're, they have just been, it's been a very long time since I had someone that I was like, well, by golly, I think this you're getting person, good at this. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> but I can certainly remember like having client, like I think that's why I transitioned into writing my own repair request yeah. because I was embarrassed. You're like, to I can't submit. deliver this. And it's like, I'm representing you. Right. And I want to help you, but I don't need to, when I submit this repair request to the agent, there has been times when I was like, listen, I'm sorry. Yeah. I did not advise that they ask for these things. I am presenting this on behalf of my buyer. Right. And and she and they're like, "Okay, thank you. Like we will I mean, see what we can do." I mean, that happens with offers too. Yeah. When you say, "I, you know, I've given the comps to my buyer. I've advised them and this is what they are adamant about doing." Yes. 
but I don't also have to throw in they are an engineer and think They're very that difficult. the foundation is like going to need to be replaced. <laughs> like, right, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. All, you just, you have to try to keep some of those like things close to the vest so that you don't mess it up. Like maybe you get the offer accepted. Now we're moving on to inspections. We don't need. Yeah. One thing at a time. One thing at a time. And just keep One thing it. At a time. Yes. Keep it. But I do think that it's funny Agents on both sides can really lose their clients' money with what they say. A hundred percent. Without even realizing it. It's just like when you go to look at a for sale by owner, don't you get a little bit excited to see what you can get out of the seller that they shouldn't be telling you? I mean, like, so have you had a lot of showings? You know. Have you had any offers? Yeah, I got one for this amount. Yeah. We were going to take it and then their loan didn't go through. Oh, wow. Thanks for that. So you came down 10 grand. Okay. Right. But I mean, they do it all the time. I know. And you're like. Great, but you have to be paying attention. I just think it's so funny that you can really catch a lot that other people aren't thinking. No. You have to think about what you say. Yeah. You really have to think about everything you say before you say it to your clients, to the other agents, to like, you just really have to be mindful. I, I hate though when I'm like representing a buyer and the seller's at their at home and they start asking you a bunch of questions and I'm like, oh God. Oh no. Like, oh, oh no. I'm like, and then and then they're talking directly to your buyer and they're like, what do you do? Where do you go to school? You're like, I, no, stop. No stop, talking. Stop it. Stop no it. No talking. This is why we're not supposed to see each other. That's like, I got a, it was a multiple offer situation and I got an offer from an agent representing her buyer and she's like, hey, I'm sending you a pre-approval letter. Don't worry that it has a different address on there. That was on a another house that um, we had tried to buy. And, um, you know, that one canceled. And I'm like, oh. What happened? So you were under contract on something and they canceled. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do that to us? Right. And maybe not, but it just it just it let me know these are buyers that have canceled before. They know that's on the table. They know that's on the table. I mean, everybody kind of knows, but like they took it. They did it. So are you gonna do it to us? Like they they have a problem with commitment. Yeah. That's right. how it made me feel. That's the thing. If someone was like, oh well here's their lender letter, but they're think they're still shopping lenders. Like yes. I'm like, oh here's the thing. It's hard agent to agent chatter. Yeah. Because we're friends. Right. And sometimes I do think you have to know who you're talking to. You have to know the relationship. I just think that I have to put on my goggles that say, if I'm talking about a transaction that my client is involved in, I have to look at it through that lens. Mm -hmm. Like I have to protect them. I have to share whether I'm friends with the other agent or not. Yes. I can only share the same as if I wasn't, like I just try to remove that friendship out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't and just stick to you can't serve everyone the, yeah. fairly if you start. Oh, right. Because but I've been on the other side of that where maybe the other agent on the other side is a friend and they start telling me those things that they shouldn't be telling me. Right. What do I do with that? I'm still representing my client, not yours. Right. The last little note I had on managing your personal opinions was more about, because a lot of this is about communication, but managing what you share about your personal life. Mm. So, you know, like, I think we get close to our buyers or maybe sometimes more than our sellers or just kind of depends on the situation. Like, 
I don't know that it's necessary or helpful for you to be like, well, um, you know, this weekend I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z, or I've got to go, oh, no, I can't fix your repair request up tomorrow because I got to take my kids to the doctor and, you know, my yeah, husband's yeah. having trouble with his diabetes. And, you know, <laughs> like, there's just got to be some professional barrier. Yeah. It's different. You know what it made me think of when I was writing that note down? I was like, you know, like, bless them. I love them. Your hairstylist is always the one who has told you their life story. Yeah. You know, every because you're in the chair for a couple of Long hours. Time. Yep. Got to talk while you're there. Yeah. You know, no, like they're telling you the, everything that's going on with their boyfriend and their, you know, parent, you know, the whole thing. And then at some point you're like, sometimes you're just like, we're actually not this kind of friends. Right. It feels weird that I know all this about you. Yes. That's sort of the same thing. Like we're, we're it's just a professional relationship yes. where I have come to pay you for a service that doesn't necessarily need to include me hearing all of this personal information. I sprinkle information. in like little things. Yeah. Like I like to remind them I have kids. Sure. So I might say, hey, I'm actually headed to swimming lessons with the kids, but as soon as that's over, I'll get this to you. Yeah. Like a reminder. I think that's fine. A little reminder that I'm human. Sort of like a boundary reminder. Yes, a boundary reminder that I'm human, that I'm, you know, have mm-hmm. family and we have family dinner. Right. And we do family things. I think it's just, and it, well, there's just got to be limits. Yeah. On everything because that's how your job ends up bleeding into every minute of your life. But like if I have a hair appointment, I'm going to say, I have, I have an appointment. appointment at that time. Right. They don't need to know when I get my hair done or no. what I'm doing with no. my time. Like that's all me. No, this morning we were recording and I had a seller call me and then text and was like, can we talk? And then I responded with, sorry, I was in an appointment. I can talk sure. now. Yes. The appointment was podcast recording. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I was in my appointment. But that's why I like staggering out vacations. Mm-hmm. Like as a realtor, we could take a vacation every other month if sure. we wanted our client because like our clients are rotating. That's right. So as long as you're not always on vacation with the same client. Oh, you know that's so funny you should say that. I had an investor client that had bought several houses with me plus his personal home. So we just had more consistent contact. Mm-hmm. I am not even a big vacationer. He would give me such a hard time though. Every time I would go, on va- oh, on vacation again? Yeah. Mm, must vacation. be nice. I'm like, it's not even that much. Yeah. It's like once a year, but you're always here. Like, yeah, you're, you're like, oh, Katie's on vacation. You got to call her. You're always around. It was just so, it's funny though. Because mm-hmm. you're right. You can kind of, some people won't even know. Okay, here's a great example. I had two closings in one day. And we go to closing for, they're back to back, like time-wise. And we I'm at the first closing with my buyer and, um, you know, things are like wrapping up on the closing. And I'm like, okay, listen, so I'm going to have to go ahead and go because I have another closing. And they're like, we aren't your only clients. And I'm like, <laughs> I know, shocking. I actually have other clients. They're right. Like, but they were like being like funny. And they're like, we never felt like you weren't, you know, like you, we never felt like you weren't yeah. Focused on us. You're not just so busy. Yeah. I just feel like, oh, that's so funny. I'm like, yep, I actually have to go. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> just really funny. Oh, no. um, any other thoughts about managing your personal opinions? No, I think just like asking yourself, is this helpful information? Yeah. Could this hurt my client's chances? Right. How well do I know the other agent? And even then, just be be careful that 
even when you're working with friends that you're not overstepping. Be, be more so careful then. Yes. Be more so careful then. God yes. forbid you end up in a legal situation. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. That'd be scary. I think it's just important to filter your communications based on the situation. Are you representing the buyer? Are you representing the seller? Are you inside of a seller's home with your buyer? And, you know, you want to talk about, oh, I mean, like, you've seen it all in a showing, right? There's... I don't know. And I have literally gone to a showing with an iguana walking around the house. Oh, my gosh. Not in a cage. Loose. No, no, no. Loose. Um, But you wouldn't be, you know, what if you're being recorded and they see you, you know, like touching the iguana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like be mindful of what was the appropriate professional behavior if someone was watching at all times. Always. Always. I had a seller. I went on a listing appointment and they were like, our last agent was Fine. <laughs> Just fine. And and not, this wasn't the listing agent's fault, but he said, we had this, because they have cameras in their house. We had this one guy come show the house, and he opened the door and told his clients, all right, y'all can go look around. Okay. He stood in the living room, pulled out fingernail clippers. I knew this was coming. I knew this was From coming. his pocket oh and clipped God. his fingernails. In? In the living room. Of the seller's of house. Of a seller's Whilst house. his buyers were there. Were looking around by themselves. That is the most. Who would even use that person? Insane thing. What did you even say to your seller? I said, I am appalled and embarrassed. For the profession. I, for the profession. And I hope you know, just like any job, there are good ones and there are bad ones. And you are doing a very wise thing by interviewing. It was just embarrassing, but you always need to conduct yourself as if someone's watching. They're all watching and listening. Like you're what? Like you have to police yourself. Yes. That's the other thing. There's nobody coming behind you nope. typically to say, "Oh, you're not doing that right. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't do that. That's not." But oh, they should go back and listen to the three P's of professionalism. Yeah, that's a that good one for so this. So good, so good. Uh, okay, are you are you ready for a toast? Yeah. Okay, super. Let me get you one. This toast is from Kayla Fox in Indiana, and she is toasting to her mom, Mana Sturry. Okay. Who is also her also Mana her, or bro- Mona? No, Mana. Says right here, rhymes with Donna. Oh, that's so helpful that she put that. <laughs> so I knew it was Mana. Oh, Mana. Okay. Is that not crazy? I love it. Mana Sturry, who is also her broker. She says, I grew up going to showings and phone duty with her, but never thought real that works great for it my does. story. I was just thinking that. But never thought real estate would be my jam because I'm creative and hate paperwork. Oh my gosh. When I finally took this is Kayla who did uh, designed our shirts. Oh, good. <laughs> when good. I finally took the plunge last year and got my license, she cheered me on and guided me through my first several transactions. I remember being nervous to tell her that I was going to start working for Chelsea at the Modern Agent Social Club to make monthly content because I would be focusing most of my efforts on being creative instead of growing my business. But my mom was so excited for me and knew it was best for me and my family. She continues to support me and my business and selflessly wants what's best for me and my family, even if it's different than what she pictured. Oh, nice. Because of her support, I'm able to be creative at mask and maintain a steady real estate business at a pace I love. She's not only a great mom and grandma to my four kids, she's a great (gasps) broker, mentor, and friend. That's awesome. How sweet is that? I love that. Mana is a gem. Yeah. And she just like... Let's her do whatever yeah. she needs to do. And I think that's be great. Be you. 
You be you. Okay, well, That's thank really you, sweet. Kayla. And cheers to Mana. Cheers, Mana. Mana rhymes with Donna. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk to you all later. Okay, bye. Goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.